everybody, it is Tuesday, March 5th, 2019, and you are listening to the Salvage Title Scrap Stories. As always, I'm your host, Brett Ezelike, and while I'm normally here to tell you about car news, car culture, and car whatever, on today's episode, we're going to kind of kick things off with the Geneva Auto Show, talk about some, well, surprises for me personally. As many of you know, I'm not a huge fan of Fiat Chrysler Automotive. Uh, as much as they do build some wonderful sports cars, sport SUVs, uh, more or less race cars, at least in the case of Ferrari, uh, FCA really seems to have dropped the ball for me when it comes to small, efficient uh, vehicles, and I have criticized them extensively for their lack of hybrids and EVs. Well, in Geneva today, among the slew of other announcements that were made by many other automakers, uh, I may as well be eating my hat, uh, digging my own grave out in the backyard because, uh, whoo boy, uh, they really have turned the corner for me. Uh, so a lot to talk about coming from Jeep, Alfa Romeo, and from Fiat itself. Uh, so with all that in mind, guys, uh, here is the reminder to you uh, that the Salvage Title podcast is done twice a week on Tuesday and on Friday. Tuesdays for Scrap Stories, Fridays for the big news show. Uh, so this week, of course, we'll talk a lot about the Geneva Auto Show on Friday. Uh, we also do the Salvage Title uh, Car Buyer's Guide, where we break down a segment of vehicles into three best options at a fourth option for flavor. Um, so if you need some interesting car buying advice, sometimes that might be a thing for you. Nevertheless, guys, after the ad break and the bump, we'll talk a bit about what Fiat announced at the Geneva Auto Show. Well, Fiat basically gave me a wedgie and called me a nerd today uh, with their announcements, and uh, they are some pretty significant moves for the company, uh, with which I felt had no direction when it came to green car technology as of late. Um, as much as the e-torque systems in the Ram 1500 and a system that will likely be in the new Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer SUVs uh, is a mostly good thing, um, they're not the kind of green solutions that Ford and GM have been talking about at length with electric pickups, more electric cars, more electric crossovers, and, uh, with what Fiat showed today, I think there's definitely some interesting levels of promise coming out of them uh, for near future applications uh, of this new technology. Uh, the two big splashes, uh, at least in terms of tangible things that we're probably going to be seeing in the not-too-distant future, are the plug-in hybrid versions of the Jeep Renegade and Jeep Compass. Now, if you're not familiar with those two vehicles, they are compact-size SUVs uh, sold all over the world in crazy high numbers. Uh, my significant other has a Renegade. We like it a lot, despite some pretty significant shortcomings for the vehicle overall. Um, I really personally like the Compass quite a bit because it is a little more car-like than the Renegade. Um, and combining those packages that are pretty well liked by a lot of people into these plug-in hybrid systems really seems to make a lot of sense, especially if there's not a high cost associated uh, with ticking that option box. Now, what exactly is the whole package? Well, Jeep didn't get super specific on every single detail with this new plug-in hybrid system, uh, but the front engine, the gasoline engine, will be a 1.3 liter turbocharged engine uh, mated to a hybrid system that'll at least have enough output to 
power the electric vehicle to keep it moving uh, up to about 31 miles of full EV range, and then it would switch into a hybrid system that, you know, would operate like any other hybrid that you know out there today. Uh, that is a pretty big deal when considering that most people don't drive more than 30 to 40 miles uh, uh, in most of their cars per day. So, you know, 31 miles range, it's not perfect. You know, these are crossovers. Uh, but I think for a lot of people, it's going to save a lot of gas. And if that battery is quick to charge up, you know, if you've got access to a charger station, uh, it won't take much to top it off either. Uh, that's a really fantastic thing. The other big news on these Jeeps is that they are using Fiat's first application of an all-wheel drive E system. Now, I don't remember if they're putting the E at the end of all-wheel drive E or if it's E all-wheel drive. Uh, if I remember right, Toyota is at the end, so Jeep is probably first. I don't know, it's confusing. Uh, more or less, this new all-wheel drive e-system is exactly the same as what we're seeing uh, from Toyota based on the Prius all-wheel drive e and the new RAV4 hybrid. Uh, that is, the front wheels are going to be powered primarily by the gasoline engine, uh, but the electric motor hanging off the back axle uh, will supply propulsion when slip is detected uh, and when it's necessary, when you have the all-wheel drive lock turned on. Now, uh, what exactly this is going to do to the total all-wheel drive performance of these vehicles uh, kind of remains to be seen, but I think Jeep is smart enough to acknowledge that these ones probably won't be able to be trail-ready options. You're not going to be seeing this kind of propulsion system uh, in a Trail Hawk model. Uh, but hey, you know, crazier things have happened. Uh, I think what is exciting for me, at the very least, is that these are tangible products that will be available to consumers probably fairly soon. Um, and probably not for a significant cost over that of the standard vehicle. Um, as emission standards uh, continue to tighten in Europe, uh, a lot of manufacturers are going to be building this technology for that market. But what remains to be seen is whether or not it's going to cross the Atlantic and come to the United States. Uh, Jeep did not want to specify if this would be a thing here in the U.S., uh, but I really do hope that it is. Um, you know, like I said, we've got... A Jeep Renegade here at the house. Uh, it is a very good vehicle, but it does have a lot of compromises made to it. Uh, chief in point, beyond that horrible nine-speed automatic transmission, is the weird amount of power output, or at least the lack thereof, uh, from that Tiger Shark inline four. Uh, this hybrid system that Jeep is talking about right now is somewhere between 180 and 240 horsepower of total system output. Um, just the torque number alone with that electric motor is probably quite a bit higher than what we see in the Tiger Shark equipped Jeeps. And I think that would fix a lot of problems that I personally have with the acceleration of the vehicle. Jeep's saying like seven seconds, zero to 60, which is a huge improvement over the standard uh, Compass and Renegade. So I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's a really good way to greenify products that are already on sale, that are already really popular. So I hope Jeep seriously considers bringing it to the United States and not just Europe because it's just a good way to go about doing things. Now, speaking of this all-wheel drive e-system and the plug-in hybrid technology, uh, Alfa Romeo unveiled a plug-in hybrid electric crossover uh, that doesn't really have a specified size, um, but is definitely smaller than the new-ish Stelvio crossover that's been around for a little while. This new 
production concept yada yada thing is called the tonale, uh, which is going to be uh, music notes type things, which of course means you need to say it that way. Everybody say it together. Tonale. Uh, it's going to be a pretty cool thing if they ever get around to building it. Uh, I guess the interior has quite a bit of a concepty look. I didn't see a lot of photos of it, uh, but the exterior has... Uh, some great styling cues that look like the old 159 uh, sedan, so I find that personally very exciting because it is one of my favorite Alfa Romeos. Uh, but, you know, hey, it's an Alfa Romeo. It's going to be fun to drive. It's going to be very sporty. It's going to look drop-dead gorgeous pretty much in any color, uh, but more specifically red. Uh, I'm very excited to see if Alfa Romeo gets around to doing this. I think they definitely deserve a uh, nice... Uh, electrified crossover in their lineup. They do need something a little more small, a little more affordable, something to go more toe-to-toe -to -toe with the BMW X3 and the Audi Q3. So hopefully this will be it. Uh, but, you know, how that's all going to work, because, you know, our Alfa Romeo reliability and dependability isn't exactly a top-notch thing. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how that pans out in the non-too-distant future. Now, the big Fiat Thing that I wanted to focus on today, the thing that blew my socks off, the thing that I was not expecting at all, was the announcement of the new Fiat Centoventi concept car. Uh, Centoventi means 120 in Italian, and this car was designed to celebrate the 120th anniversary of Fiat on the whole. Now, the main takeaway from the Centoventi is that the uh, car is completely modular, completely customizable by whomever would be purchasing it. Um, now, Fiat's not saying what the prices would be. Fiat's not saying what the availability would be. This is a concept in the greatest degree. Uh, but the thing is, is that the Centoventi does have some very production-ready looks and approaches to it. Uh, I think what is really important to remember about the Centoventi is that not more than a year or so ago, Honda pulled the wraps off the Urban EV concept, uh, which now has a production prototype at Geneva, which will be going into production later this year or early next year. Um, and people thought that would never happen. So to say that the Centoventi couldn't be a thing is kind of short-sighted at this point, uh, especially, like I said, as emissions regulations, as green regulations continue to tighten in Europe, uh, I think something like this is going to have to happen at some point from Fiat. Now back to the Centoventi on the whole, like I said, customizability is the name of the game with this car. Uh, the main thing that uh, Fiat is highlighting is that it would have a 4U program, uh, which would give each buyer a choice of four different roofs, four different bumpers, four different wheel covers, and four different external wrappings. Uh, that means that, in theory, no Centoventi would be exactly the same, um, and that extends to the interior as well, where the interior will have customizable panels and lighting and many other features uh, that uh, kind of make it your own, you know, and I think that's really what 
I shouldn't say that's really what millennials want. I think it's what marketing people think millennials want. And to some extent, that may or may not be true. You know, I'm thinking of the old Smart 4.2. I'm thinking of the Saturn uh, Ion. Some cars like that had interchangeable body panels to make it look more unique. And I don't know if many people necessarily engaged in that process. Um, but something like this could be a lot of fun uh, and really would give some unique flavor to a car that has an overall design that is maybe a little bland, uh, but it's the customizability that really makes it interesting. Now, one of the cool ideas that's being shown off in this car, which is also being shown off in a million dollar plus supercar, is that the infotainment system in the dashboard would actually be based on technology you already own. So if you've got an Apple iPad or you've got a you know, Samsung Galaxy or any kind of basic technology that runs Android or iOS, you would be able to mount your phone or iPad to the dashboard to use as your infotainment system instead of Fiat having to spend all of this money uh, designing the hardware and technology uh, to stay in this thing. So basically your car would always be up to date outside of the gauges um, and maybe a few other buttons here and there, uh, whatever technology you have, you just download the app and it would be up to date and it would be speedy and responsive and all that stuff. Uh, it would be ready to go. And that's really a cool change in the way that we kind of approach technology. Now, granted, is it prohibitive for some people to get the best experience out of their car? Yes, absolutely. Um, but, you know, who doesn't have a smartphone these days? Who doesn't have a tablet these days, you know, that's kind of hard to get around. Now, extending more to the outside of the vehicle with things that can be changed out, uh, I did mention roofs as an option. Uh, essentially, with the interchangeable doors and roofs and things like that, you'd be able to turn the Centoventi into, you know, a regular stylish EB or EV urban cruiser. Maybe it's a little bit more of a weekend warrior, kind of with some sporty effects. You could take the roof off and the doors off to make it like a dune buggy, or you could add some more interesting, more rugged panels to the outside to make it a more of an off-road adventurer. Uh, they really, the sky's the limit with what you can do, assuming that Fiat can design and build these parts. And, you know, they didn't really get into the thing of saying, you know, hey, 3D print, new things for your car, but I, I think, you know, this world being what it is today, I wouldn't put it past folks to get into the market of building uh, customizable 3D printed parts for the exterior and interior of the vehicle. And speaking of more modular technology for this EV platform, uh, there is some modular approaches to the batteries underneath the vehicle. Uh, Fiat is saying that the standard car, if they were to make it, uh, would come with a battery that has about 62 miles of range uh, and you could add up to three additional batteries underneath the car um, as needed to extend that range by uh, 62 miles in each one. So in total with those extra batteries, four batteries total, you'd have about 300-ish miles of range and you know for a car that would probably cost mm, somewhere around 15 to 25 thousand dollars that doesn't seem like a super bad deal. You know, if you bought it and you're like, hey, you know, I don't need the range, I just live in the city, I'm just bopping back and forth to work in the grocery store every other day, that'd probably be perfect. But if you're somebody who needs the commute or you buy it used and you want to add more batteries to it, it'd be pretty easy to do. Kind of like what I talked about with the Tesla Model 3. Um, that's a pretty interesting approach with this kind of car. 
One more interesting thing with the battery is that there is a fifth battery that you can get for the Centoventi uh, that mounts beneath the rear passenger seat uh, that you could remove from the car yourself, bring into work, plug into the wall, you know, maybe you don't have access to a charging system easily or the chargers are all pull, are all taken up. You would take this battery, almost like a catch can, a gasoline catch can or whatever, uh, and you'd bring it into work and plug it into the wall. You'd bring it into your apartment and plug it into the wall. And you'd be able to bring it back down to your car when you got to take off and you just bolt it in, or maybe not bolt it in, but plug it into the system. And you'd have the 62 miles ready to go right there as you need it. Uh, that's a pretty interesting and novel concept and one that's not completely out of this world. Uh, there are small electric motorcycles and scooters that have a similar system that you can basically, uh, it's kind of like a handle that releases and you twist the battery out uh, to take with you. You would basically do the same kind of thing with this car. Now, what kind of voltage is gone with that? What kind of safety stuff you'd have to consider with that? I think does get a little, little, compl little more complicated, especially with a car versus that of a motorcycle or a scooter. Um, but, I mean, we're pretty much there as it is, and that's a pretty neat thing. Now, the Centoventi on the whole, you know, whether or not it's going to happen at any point in time, I think is beyond the point. I think it's really that Fiat is considering a small car that is going to be affordable, that's going to be available to a wide variety of marketable people, um, that's really going to address some of the millennial problems that people have with new cars that are out there today. And I think even more to a point of whether or not they would do this or not is that the Fiat 500 is positively ancient at this point is in desperate need of replacement and something like the Centaventi would be a fantastic replacement for the 500 not just in Europe but in the United States as well so kudos to Fiat for thinking outside the box kudos to Fiat for making some practical technologies that all of us could benefit from kudos to Fiat for proving me wrong uh, that you are doing some good stuff uh, I'm really excited to see what happens with all four of these vehicles. I really am hoping that the Centaventi becomes a thing. Um, but, you know, hey, who knows these days? Uh, the, the world is changing rapidly. Uh, climate change is becoming an ever bigger threat. Uh, I think a lot of these car makers know they need to do something now uh, for people to continue buying their stuff. Uh, so here's hoping that the Centaventi uh, becomes a new vehicle in the none too distant future. Well, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eiselike. You can follow me on Twitter at YSSMAN, and you can follow along with episodes of this show at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN. We make it available for free on a wide variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you give us a rating or a review if you're on a place that lets you do that. And if you can, if you like what you hear, share it with your friends and family. Uh, helps us continue to grow the podcast, uh, and I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, if you can't tell, my voice is exhausted mentally and physically. I'm just about done today. Uh, as I may or may not have said uh, in the recording of this episode, uh, we've had some wild weather in Michigan the past couple of days, uh, and it looks like tonight 
is not going to make it any easier tomorrow to get back and forth to work. So, uh, folks, if you live in an area with lots of snow, lots of ice, make sure you are slowing down, giving yourself time to get where you have to go. Uh, your life is more important than clocking in late. Uh, so give some space between your fellow drivers, uh, break early. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot better when you do that to kind of help everybody else out. But anyway, guys, I'm exhausted. I need to go to bed. Uh, so I hope you have a great rest of your week and we will see you on Friday for the big Geneva Auto Show episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. See you next time.